This is Creative Loving Spirit, sponsored by Greta Gerwig. Just kidding, that's a lie. Greta Gerwig is not sponsoring this. She won't even reply to my emails. Fun fact though, Greta has been mentioned three times in these conversations I've been having with people, sometimes obliquely. Chelsea Newton Mountney talked about Mumblecore, the scene which Greta Gerwig is associated with. Annie Burroughs mentioned Ladybird. And there's a third reference in this conversation. See if you can spot it. Welcome to our listeners in the UK and the US and Australia. Hi guys, lovely to have you all here. Of course we aren't all here now, but we are somehow here now in this moment, asynchronously joined up in the same space across the world. Isn't that brilliant? So today's conversation is with Armani Zardo, who is someone I've had the pleasure of working with before. Amani is an actor and a filmmaker. She's uh, She performs on stage and screen and also creates her own films, writing and directing under the banner of Heavyweight. I really enjoyed hearing Amani speak about her creative experience and the, some of the things that she's... Uh, beliefs that she's developed around her own practice. So if you're interested in acting or filmmaking, we cover a little bit about the differences between those areas. We talk a little bit about the importance of completing projects, about learning from them and about creating an environment that people enjoy working in. We cover a lot of different ground and there's some really good practical stuff in there, I think, for anyone who's interested in probably developing any kind of creative practice. Um, well, let's crack on. And this is me speaking with Amani. A one, a two, a one, two, three. Actually, it took me a long time to feel able to say that I was an actor, even after training, because I felt like you could only say you were an actor if you were actually working or being seen for stuff. Mm. Um, so that took ages, which was quite interesting. And then it took quite a long time for me to feel comfortable saying that I was a filmmaker as well. I think I actually only just started doing it maybe in the last year. I think having, having finished Miss J... Uh, which was my first short film I made on my on my own without mm. without Hattie, who I normally work with, um, and so yeah. So by that point, that was my second short film overall. We'd also done off stage, so yeah, it was kind of like three projects in. <laughs> I yeah. felt able to say that I was a filmmaker um, as well, which is also like a term that kind of feels complicated anyway because it's like okay, what is that? It's a it's kind mm. of a jack of all trades type thing that- where you. I guess the implication is that you write and direct and probably produce as well. <laughs> That's what it means to you. It's a bit well, of a catch-all for whatever it takes to get the film made. Yes, exactly. I yeah. think it is. I think it is. Um, yeah, yeah. That's sort of how it's ended up. I've always, on my projects, have sort of taken, tend to take on multiple roles. Um, and obviously I always, I always have wonderful people helping me um, and lending their talents. But, um, but yes. I tend to juggle many hats, so yeah. filmmaker feels like the right, the right, um, the right role title. Mm. <laughs> but it felt appropriate, or you felt comfortable to use the the term filmmaker only once you'd made your most recent short, which is the one yeah. that you made. In, well, you led on entirely by yourself. Yeah. Do you think that was part of? Um, you're becoming comfortable like you had to do that on your own or is it just a matter of I've made a few things now you know yeah I guess it was well it felt like my most serious project to date Mm. Um, uh, we had a real budget for it I'd done a Kickstarter campaign Um, it was the biggest team that I'd ever had working with me for me alongside me Mm. Um, and 
I think I'd, I put, it was a long process actually just making that film um, from first draft to finished products, send it to festivals type thing. It was, I'd really spent a lot of time working on it. I redrafted it, I don't know how many times it, it appeared, it, it manifested itself in, itself in many different forms, even just at script level. Um, so I really felt like I'd battled it out with this, mm. with that project in a way that then, and, and it had been a lot of hard work. There were a lot of challenges along the way. And I think, I think it took kind of overcoming those, dealing with all of that um, and, 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 and following through a project very, very, um, I want to say specifically, um, I was very particular in my mind, I had a very clear idea about how I wanted it to look and sound and, and feel. And um, the message was really important to me that it be conveyed appropriately. Whereas I think um, Offstage and Gangsters, which were my first two projects, Offstage I didn't direct, um, mm. and Gangsters I sort of co-directed with um, Hattie Jones. Um, and and they were both just like quite fun. We were very serious about them, but they were fun. Gangsters in particular was literally like an idea I had randomly one afternoon and I spoke to Hattie about it. And we were like, let's do this for fun. And at every step, it kind of got more serious yeah. rather than st it didn't start from a place of like, <laughs> and let's make this a like real thing that we'll send to festivals. It was like, yeah. So I think, I think Miss J, I went into it with a clear goal. Um, and so, and how do you describe what that goal was? I wanted, I wanted to explore directing a film properly. I wanted to do it to the best of my ability, um, which was pretty raw at that point because I didn't have that much experience. Um, and, uh, I wanted, I wanted it, I wanted it to go to festivals. I wanted to do a Kickstarter, it was important for me. One of the challenges was being able to, to sell an idea before it was even made and to, mm. to, 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 have, to, to raise enough interest that people were willing to back me, even if it was just five quid, you know? That was kind of a big deal for me. Um, actually, the more people I could get putting five quid in was like the bigger, like a bigger achievement for me than, than if I got someone who put in a lot of money kind of thing. It's less about the money, more about the, the network. More about the people, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. And the interest, knowing yes. that, that actually there was an audience for it. Was that encouraging? Because the Kickstarter did very well, didn't it? I mean, the you, Kickstarter you, you did really well. You needed, didn't you? Yeah, it, um, it did. The Kickstarter did really well. Um, I was, yeah, I was, I was um, very pleasantly surprised. Um, because uh, I was doing that at the same time that I was understudying in the West End and I didn't have a lot of time. Um, or rather, I did have a lot of time. I was just operating from my dressing room, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was sort of like, yeah, snatched moments. Like, God, I hope, I hope this is going to work out. Um, but it did. So, yeah, it was good. It was so good. That, was, that was you making a, I'm making air quotes, um, a proper film. <laughs> exactly. And that was yes. proper because it was... Funded, there was that prior interest. Yeah. You had a, a a certain level of sort of team around you, yeah, and you were executing a particular vision. And, yeah, and that kind of yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> we we were speaking just now about so the next thing that you're doing, mm. portraits. Yes. Um, which maybe you could describe it in, in a moment, but you were describing going into that off the back of Miss J as being somewhat a kind of a reaction or a response yeah. to that, that so how does that work what's the difference between the two that you feel and why yeah so um portraits was an idea I had quite soon after kind of starting to send Miss J out into the festival world um and um yeah as I was saying earlier I'd found I felt I think with the idea of this this goal that I'd set myself, there was also this added pressure to deliver um, something, a certain amount, a certain level of success. With Miss J. With Miss J. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, I was really keen to keep learning, to learn more as a director, as a producer. 
as a writer. And, and I think also I'd found, um, I, ha- I mean, I had an amazing team working with me on Miss J, but I, I had spent quite a lot of time working on it on my own as well at script stage um, and dealing with uh, the whole like festival application stuff and marketing and thinking all about mm. that stuff. Uh, I did a lot of that um, kind of on my own. And so one of the things that I definitely wanted to do going into my next project was to work with more people right from the beginning. Um, so I had this idea of um, that eventually turned into this anthology series of short films, which um, is called Portraits. Um, I spoke to Hattie Jones, who I have my company with, uh, Heavyweight. Heavyweight, yes. Uh, and um, and uh, who I wanted to work with again. Um, and she really liked the idea. And then we sp- spoke to a couple more of our friends who are writers as well. Um, and another friend of mine who wanted to film more stuff. He wanted to develop his um, uh, actual like camera skills. Um, and so basically it became this kind of very, very friend-based endeavor where it was like everyone wanted to try something out. We, we worked with like a, a lot of the writers who ended up writing on, on portraits were playwrights essentially. Um, and who wanted to have a go at writing something for screen. The theme was, um, the theme of portraits is our curated self and the, and the, the, the criteria, uh, if you were, was um, monologue films, five minutes long um, in length, one actor, one location. Um, and so, so, so one of the challenges that I thought was quite interesting was finding a way of, of marrying a very theatrical form with... Um, film on film mm-hmm. um and to and to find a way of making that marriage really work because they've been it's been done it's been done before it's it's hardly an original idea everything's been done before. everything's been done before but i didn't feel like it had really been done in a way that really it kind of i always felt that the um the theatrical side of a monologue of performing a monologue of writing a monologue kind of dominated every piece that I'd seen. Mm. Not every, most pieces that I'd seen. So I really wanted to give it a go. So around how different that was, an experience from Miss J. So it sounded yeah. a lot more sort of... Communal. Communal, kind yeah. of like quite organic seems to yes. come together. Yeah, and, um, it was really organic. Collaborative from the beginning. Yeah, very yeah. collaborative from the beginning. And actually interesting... Um, what we were saying earlier talking about inspiration and Mm. and where it comes from and stuff like that it's like one of the only times I think so I wrote one piece for um for portraits I wrote a few that didn't make the cut um (laughs) that's good I mean you could have given yourself a pass on that one no no I was like these are not good enough they're not getting in I don't want to film these there was one that was um that that was good that made the cut um and um and that one was really, that was such an interesting, actually, um, writing process because uh, it had never happened to me before. I just, I sat down one day and I wrote this piece and the whole thing just flowed out of me in one sitting in like half an hour. And I never changed it. It didn't change at all at script level. The only thing that changed several times over yeah. was how I visualized it and how I was imagining putting it on screen. So that went through like three or four drafts. Um, where I changed it completely. Um, it went from being one person who was going to do this monologue to then in the end I ended up using three actors um, and split the monologue between them. Um, and I initially thought about setting it all around London and it was going to be like a voiceover. Very, very cheesy and awful. Um, Did you ultimately direct that? Yeah, so I've, so I've actually directed all of them. Oh, right. Okay. So I kind of I directed and produced all of it. Um, Hattie co-produced with me um and yeah Hattie wrote two pieces I wrote one and two of our other friends wrote um two brilliant pieces also so when you were rewriting the staging of of the piece that you wrote were you was that were you wearing a writer's hat or were you wearing a bit of a director's hat knowing that um oh yes so at that point I was wearing a bit of a director's hat trying to find um the kind of visual language for the piece mm. um, and how that would translate and I found that really hard but it was yeah. so interesting that yeah I just kind of thought it, that was um, 
when you think about inspiration and, and um, how, I don't know, a story or something comes at you. And yeah, it was sort of my only, the only time I've ever kind of like free written, I suppose is what, what they call it. Um, yes. Free writing or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Was kind of yeah something that's like stayed with me. I think it's quite rare, or it's not to be expected. No, it's really rare. I think it yeah. hardly. Ever, you know, you're lucky if it happens once. Yeah. <laughs> so, heavyweight is the company that you and Hattie Jones set up. Yeah. I was looking back at the uh, the work that you've produced. And I was struck by, um, well, so, I mean, it, it, well, first of all, how do you describe what Heavyweight does? Um, Heavyweight is, so I guess it's a production company, really, that mm. we set up uh, as a platform. It's a platform for our work, basically. Mm. Um, so far, it's been mostly our film work, but we, but Hattie's, Hattie's written two plays now. She's written one play and is in the process of writing her second play, both of which are really good. And we kind of use the website as a platform, mm. like a, yeah, to kind of share our work, whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, the angle, if you want, our like ethos or mission statement, if you like, mm. is um, is female-driven, uh, ethnically diverse stories that, that um, examine our sociopolitical environment, um, basically. I was struck by how tonally different they yes. are. Yes. like quite vastly different very different like, <laughs> silent gangsters if we'll go to the website and watch it is uh, a silent film yeah. with an excellent score yeah um, <laughs> brilliant score about um uh, i don't know female body sort of augmentation but there's yeah. a weird like uh, gangster slant on the whole thing yeah. with two competing gangs mod- yeah. gang crew um and then off stage which is a, a, web, a series, web series yeah which is um, about two actors two actors unemployed actors unemployed actors <laughs> and then Miss J which is um, it seems like a, a, a very real um, um, comment or you know focus in on um, like and a female centric kind of uh, experience around radicalisation yeah and, 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 and Islamophobia yeah yeah um, and so a lot of, uh, you've had a, an authorial authorial voice in all of those yeah so that's quite a a diverse thing (laughs) yeah I don't know I have um I guess I've always had pretty wide range of interests in when it comes to stories um any kind of story uh or art I kind of like every genre Mm. (laughs) um my dad would judge me so much if he heard me say genre like that. <laughs> well, how, how are you supposed to He'd be say like, Amani, it's genre. <laughs> 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 you sound so English. He's <laughs> only got one syllable, the way your dad says it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have actually thought about this a lot. Mm. When, um, when any time I kind of uh, work on the website. Um, I don't know, you know, people always kind of put a, a lot of... Um, emphasis on your voice like yeah. what is your voice uh and I guess that's something maybe that has like worried me slightly I'm like I don't know what my voice is it seems to be really different all of the time <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a part of it but, that, but um yeah that's you're right that is something that comes up a lot for anyone who's in using a broad sense in an, an author role a yeah. writer or a mm. filmmaker mm. you know what's your slant where are you coming from uh, how, how do you present ideas what stories are you interested in that yeah. kind of thing and I wonder if actually over a long enough timeline that would become apparent like if you made yeah. another two or three four more films yeah. <laughs> or shorts or, or you know whatever that um, you would go oh yeah it's this and maybe yeah. it's not something that you can that I need to tie down now. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm very much in a stage where I, I, uh, I, I want to explore, and that's what that's what interests me. It's trying out different things, and as much as possible. Obviously, like everything's been done before, but if I feel like it's been done before, mm. I it's just so boring. Right? Why would you bother? <laughs> 
Well, maybe it's been done before, but not with your unique voice. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that is. What is my unique voice? I don't know. With the with portraits, you said that began in a very kind of collaborative and friend kind of community kind of based way, mm. and your expectations about where that might pop up in the world. Um, the project. Yes, were mm. quite open. You don't. Yeah. Quite different from Miss J, which you yeah. kind of thought was your idea with, with Miss J that, yes, it's a festival film and I want to go to this place, this place, and, you know, and yeah. you get that. Um, but that seems like 180 degrees removed from... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with Miss J, I, um, yeah, I had, a, I had a very clear idea of where I thought it should go, what I thought it should do. I felt like I really had my finger on the pulse <laughs> on like what would be interesting this year in festivals and um it, it did well it got into it got into underwire and um and it, you know it was nominated for best screenplay which is very very cool uh, but i did expect it i yeah it's so egotistical right it's so arrogant i i thought it would do i thought it would get into many more festivals and so when it didn't uh I was a little bit disappointed. Mm. I think actually also quite early on in the process of submitting it to festivals, I realized how much how much I didn't enjoy the pressure of really wanting it to get into this festival or that festival. And and I knew already that I was going to be so disappointed if it didn't get into that festival. And I and I and I hated that because uh, I didn't want to judge my work based on whether it got into a festival or not. I, I was really proud of the piece. There was nothing really... I don't think there was anything really I would have changed. I obviously mm. learnt a lot through the process and if I went back, probably I would do it differently and better. But I was pretty proud of, of, of the film that we ended up making. And so, so it was kind of... I didn't enjoy this kind of negative feeling that came with the pressure of wanting it to go to a very specific place and be seen by a specific crowd and have a very specific stamp of approval so trying to um, aim it down a very narrow corridor of expectation exactly it's going to do this isn't and well life really works that way doesn't exactly it? Yeah. exactly um and so with portraits um i went into it very kind of low low pressure low expectations it was really about wanting to collaborate and learn and play and explore and, and work with friends and um have an experience together mm. um and quite quite quickly as soon you know quite quickly once the idea started coming together and the project started to take form um obviously I started thinking where it could go because I'm all I do I do that I think ahead about what 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 is the strategy um <laughs> but but I but I also very consciously did want to did try to look at it more in a more in a, in a much more open way, and to say, okay, I think this could work well here. It could also work well there. Um, I'm going to send it out and approach people and see where it lands. Basically, I was I wanted to think about it much more in terms of like uh, finding a good home for it, finding finding its right audience rather mm. than trying to shove it into a specific little square shaped box. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I feel kind of much less pressure about it. And um, so far, people who've seen it have liked it. I think it's very wacky. It's kind of, I say wacky, not in a like goofy way. It's pretty, some of the pieces are quite um, complex. Right. <laughs> um, um, so it's, I don't think that, I don't think uh, they make for easy viewing. Um, they're definitely are challenging pieces and they will be challenging to an audience but um i love that and i think i think audiences like that so um and the way you talk about it um the process of being open and playful and, and it sounds you, you it sounds very freeing very liberating <laughs> you seem pretty pleased with it so yeah you know. yeah well right now it's like yes we're sort of coming towards the end of post and we've just finished editing so I'm like very happy right now probably there'll be another hiccup along the way and then I'll be really annoyed but <laughs> right now everything is great <laughs> does a good process net a good result or and is the opposite true you know some people think oh you have to 
suffer and work hard to make something good or if, if you're having too much fun then it, it might not be good mm. or some people think yeah if, if people who are making it aren't having fun and invested in it then that shows at the end like, what, what do you think? yeah i i really think that um i think it's i think it's best to have a good time doing it mm. um i always it's very important for me uh, at any point when i'm working with someone that they're happy and that they uh, that they're that they're invested. Not in, not in the sense that that you know. If we disagree, I will I will go along with whatever they say to make them happy. Obviously not. Um, but I I think it's important to me to work with people who understand the vision, and you know even if we might not always agree, that's fine. If you're like bringing something to it, I'm I'm very I'm always very open to that. Um, but I think. I think stuff, I think work flourishes in a, in a happy environment, personally. I think people work better when they're happy. I think people are happier to commit um, when they like who they're working with, when they like the project. I feel like you tend to get more out of people. I really don't believe in this, this idea of the tortured poet also. Yeah. Any times that I've written, that I've worked on, on projects where it felt a bit like torture, I mean, those are things I never went back to you know yeah like I, I yeah I, I agree I think um I, I I agree with the idea that if you're collaborating and if in, in, in your role as a filmmaker as a director and you're leading that collaboration mm. that I think you're right I think creating a space where people feel they can you know they feel contribute contribute yeah, yeah. And, and and their contribution is valued yeah and um and and then they you know they have you know a happy a, a good positive experience because at the end of it, the um, the outcome is not guaranteed anyway. So what's no. the point of suffering for something? Do you know what I mean? It's like at yeah. least then you have the you have the enjoyment of the process and that yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, we're doing this because we're doing this because we love it, right? You know, we don't choose to 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 be poor um, <laughs> to then be miserable while we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's the point? Of that? <laughs> There's no point. You kind of touched upon it a little bit there anyway, but. How do you know that you're collaborating with the right people? I think probably the reality is that on any project, there are many people that would be the right people to collaborate with on that one. Um, it just depends on, you know, who you have access to kind mm. of thing, uh, who you know. Um, uh, yeah, I think... I guess when you know you're working with the right people is if you keep going back to the same people. Like I've worked with my friend Ashling Brower, who's a film composer, who did the music for Gangsters mm. and Miss J and is now going to do the theme tune for um, Portraits. On the one hand, I think, oh, maybe it'd be fun to work with someone else. And on the other hand, I think she's so talented and brilliant. We have a, a aside from being really good friends, we have a really good work relationship. Mm. Um, I think there's something really nice when you get to a stage where your work relationship gets kind of gets deeper and stronger and you can push each other more and, and, and challenge each other more and I, I don't know, you start to become more and more aware of the value that the other person brings. It's the same with Hattie. The more I work with her and the more of, you know, of her, her work that I see you kind of you keep wanting to go back to that do you to push um, it further yeah when you, when, so when you say push it further to challenge obviously in a uh, it's, oh, I'm taking that in a happy a, place in a happy <laughs> healthy creative constructive way yeah how, how does how does that come across in, in your collaborations is that about you going I really think you might you could do this better or like <laughs> but do you know what I mean like yeah. is, is it about pushing someone saying I, I think you've got a little You've got ten percent more. <laughs> Where does that sort of challenge or kind of, you know, pushing each other come in? Well, I guess it depends. Like you know, this kind of thing depends on, on on the people involved in that relationship. For me, um, with my relationships, with, with my working relationships, like it tends to it tend there tends to be a lot of constructive criticism, but there's never any like uh, there's never any. It never feels negative in any way. It's always very encouraging. Mm. Um, and, it's, and it tends to always be 
about offering up ideas or like flagging something up. So um, like literally this morning, I'm working on a pitch at the moment and I sent uh, a, a new log line that I'd come up with today. I texted it to Hattie and I was like, what do you think about this? Because I'd shown her my original log line. And she was just like, yeah, I really like it. It's much better. And then was just like, but I noticed you've used these two adjectives to describe this character. Maybe you could think of something else. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like really, it was really gentle. And I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Actually, those two are quite repetitive. Maybe I can actually, I can use this limited space to find a different word that's, you know, so. One part. Encouraging. I, yes, I'm, yes. <laughs> it sounds like one part encouragement and also a, a gentle a highlighting gentle of, of perhaps an area for improvement. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it um, tends to be. Um, yeah, I would say that's how, how it kind of works with, um, with all my kind of working relationships. <laughs> that's, that's really great because I think that, I think that's probably part of what helps, um, that continuous collaboration, like people who come back to each other, is if the feedback and the way you talk to each other it has got um, some appreciation or encouragement of what that person brings, then mm. people do continue to sort of show up and want to, you know, they feel valued. I think it's, yeah. it's um, and not everyone, well, gets that as in understands it or receives yeah. You yeah. Know, encouragement in their work. So one of the things I, I admire about you is is your ability to make stuff happen. Because I remember I remember having a, a conversation with you when we were we were rehearsing a play, and you were talking about Miss J or the idea for it, yeah. possibly in an early stage. And then I didn't hear about it for a while. I didn't see you for a while, and then it kind of popped up. Oh, we're crowdfunding, yeah. and it's like, and I really admire the ability to you know start something from the germ of an idea and carry it all the way through those processes to the end. To create a finished thing. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but where do you get the self belief to do that? Because some people would find that they'd be, I think, overdaunted at where to start. I think I'm really, uh, I'm really lucky. I have a great support network. Mm. My parents are amazing. They're really, really encouraging. Um, and actually, the older I get, the more I think, wow, uh, I don't know if I would get here if you hadn't kind of just encouraged me to keep at it, if they hadn't encouraged me to keep at it all this time. Um, I would say, like, it's so nice to hear um, you say that you're impressed by the, the, the starting and the finishing of a project. For me, that's something that's really important. And actually, that's something that my father really drilled into me. He was like, you have, he was like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to finish it. Um, he, he was that explicit about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was kind of like, it doesn't matter. It, 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 it can't be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Um, but you have to finish them and you, and then you have to move on to the next thing and you have to finish that as well. <laughs> um, so I guess I got that. I guess I, uh, I got that from him and actually it's something that I'm, yeah, it is something that I'm actually really proud of. And I'm so grateful that he um, drilled that into me because it's so easy uh, to start something and not finish it and not... I mean, there are plenty of projects that I've not finished also. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's also... It, but also the important thing, I think, is knowing, knowing a project that actually has legs and, and being able to distinguish mm. those ones from the ones that actually you don't feel such a high level of commitment to and knowing when to just like move on and like cut the strings as it were mm. um, and not feel shackled to a project that's just that just doesn't want to knowing when to walk away from an idea yeah it's so important yeah i'm recognizing also that maybe uh the idea is a good one but now it's it's not, it's not the time, time. Yeah. yeah so I'm coming back around so that's really interesting you have a very ex kind of very explicit um Kind of role model or, or yeah. someone <laughs> cheerleading for you to be, you know, a finisher. Yeah. <laughs> well, what a great, what a great influence to have. Yeah. And you also mentioned your father said you don't worry about it being perfect, mm. get it finished. Mm. So how do you feel about failure? Yeah, I hate failure. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really hate failure. <laughs> Okay, what does failure mean? And, and, and a lot feels like failure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do I deal with failure? Well, I mean, on the one hand, I think, um, I think actually being an actor has helped 
has helped teach like yeah teach me how to like manage dealing with the reality of a rejection and b failure mm. um on a on a regular basis um you start to you start to get a thicker skin but then you know every every new stage that you're at with every new project the skin is like new and baby soft again, you know? So, so Miss J, that was like my first like big high stakes offering it felt like. And, and, um, yeah, when it didn't get into all the festivals that I wanted it to get into, that felt like a, that felt like a big failure. Um, mm. and that was quite hard. And you know, it's one of those things where it's like the first rejection is fine. The second and the third and the fifth is fine. And then you get to the 10th and you're like, okay, I'm sick of this now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over this. I'm done. <laughs> um, so you talked about the, the skin thickening experience of rejection as an actor, yeah. which is one of the gauntlets people who work as actors yeah. have to go through. That's yeah. a big part of the experience as far as I can see. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the difference between that, though, and um, a piece of work where it is something that has come from you and you're leading on, it's very much your thing, is does failure feel different? As I say, between going up for a part and you might not, get seen or and then versus this is how my film is doing out yeah. there in the world is yeah that... it feels more personal actually uh when it's your film which is weird you would think it would feel much more personal as an actor going up as an individual like this is what i look like this is how i sound yeah. this you know um but actually i think because because uh you put so much more of your lifeblood into a film um or, you know, whatever your piece of art might be, the, you know, just the simple fact that you've lived with it for so much longer than any audition you'd go up for um, mm. means that the stakes are immediately higher and it feels much more personal. Um, but I think... I think it's about changing your attitude. <laughs> I'm trying to change my attitude um, when it comes to... The, the idea of failure. Okay, from what to what? Uh, from really, like, believing that everything is a big failure. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know, you're, you're uh, I don't know, uh, Scorsese or <laughs> someone. Um, but um, I, I think, and I think this is, this is, this is what's, what I'm trying to do with portraits. It's, it's kind of like just dropping the, the pressure a little bit. Um, obviously, I still want the standard to be really high, and that's the kind of stuff that I get very frustrated on if I feel like I should have thought about this and I, I didn't plan ahead for that. And most of the time, that for me, I think is still lack of experience, and it's still the fact that I, I'm very much um, learning, having never been to film school or anything like that. So on a, so on a, in terms of like the quality of the film, I want it definitely to be a success for me in the sense that I want it to be as good as I can make it with everything that I have mm. but I'm trying to be a little bit more open-minded about where it goes later who sees it who likes it what its life is where it goes on uh like the, as in the the journey that it might that the piece might go on in terms mm. of it might be shown here it might be seen there it might get a write-up here or whatever it's interesting, like, actually what feels successful. And I think it is just, it is so in our mind. And when we did um, Off Stage, we got, uh, I mean, that was a piece about unemployed actors. And we, when we were trying to get it seen online, which we were just doing ourselves, um, me and Hattie, we were sort of targeting actors on Twitter and, and, and acting communities and things like that. And actually... Anytime someone bothered to send us a tweet and be like, this is my life, I love this, it made me laugh so much, it, that felt like a huge success. Um, and that felt just incredible. Um, and I remember like we were on such a high whenever, whenever that would happen. But obviously it's, it's small, really, in the grand scheme of things. Offstage wasn't a runaway online success. It didn't have a huge audience, but, but it still felt like a big success for us. So I think, I don't know, I think it's about... It's about changing your mentality because also if you get too bogged down with failure or success, mm. um, I think you, it'll just stunt your growth and you just, you won't, I don't, you just won't be in a place to be able to 
create anything anymore. Yeah. Because you'll be you'll be second guessing yourself, trying to like make the next hot thing, yes. rather than just making whatever comes out of you. Kind and of thing. perhaps being becoming um, risk averse. Yeah. Not willing to take chances because yeah. you're second guessing yourself. Exactly. Yeah, shuts down that kind of creative thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying about that kind of adjustment of yeah. attitude. <laughs> Um, and I've had I had a, a similar thing myself last year with the show that I did, and there's all you always you want to be sold out. You want yeah to, to have found these random walk-in punters yeah. who all come and buy every seat and they yeah. love it and stuff like that. And and I had to make a bit of a, a shift to think. Well, actually, whoever shows up, those are the people um, who came to see the show, and that's amazing. Like yeah. they they're, they're here, and and you're right. I, I, you describing hearing from people who really connect with it yeah that's that's amazing yeah that's great like yeah. I mean I just I think I prefer to hear you know know there are fewer number of people who really got something yeah. rather than having an idea it's 27 that's how how much it's worth 27 people who saw it yeah well so what or yeah you know there are the expectations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What, what is it that you know keep, keeps you going back to it what's the itch you're trying to scratch or you know yeah. what's the deeper reason for for continuing to, to produce work or tell stories or um it's hard isn't it I mean on the one hand I honestly don't know what else I would do I think I definitely I would be in this industry somewhere or other even if I wasn't doing this specifically that's one thing. <laughs> um, and I'm about to get I'm about to get deep on you and oh, that's, philosophical. That's fine. <laughs> which is the only way I feel like I can answer this question. I think it's quite a philosophical <laughs> question. Yeah. Um, I I just I think like the world is such a weird place. It's you know, it's it's big and it's small and it's great and it's awful and people are the same and they're also so different and uh, I think that stories and art, I think they connect people. They help you make sense of what's going on. They're an escape. I don't know, they can, they can be kind of validating. I just think that the, the power of stories is, is um, so strong and so historic and so steeped in everything that is human if you're someone that thinks that way and actually I think to a greater or lesser extent everybody thinks in stories uh, but I think if you're if you once you start to explore the telling of stories I think it's really hard to stop mm, that's I, I wholeheartedly feel what you're saying I think, <laughs> I think the same thing I think the same so what kind of stories do you escape into everything as I say I, I really I I enjoy so many different kinds of films from, I mean, I love cheesy rom-coms. <laughs> My mom was like, you should write a rom-com. I'm like, I wish I could write a rom-com, but the thing is, I don't think I could, I, I don't think I could spend so much time in the rom-com world. For me, it's an escape and it's light and I, and I love it and it's fun. But then I equally, I love fast paced TV shows that are full of cliffhangers and, and you know, shocking reveals and and I love European cinema and I love a good blockbuster Wonder Woman was the action film I have been waiting for all of my life yeah <laughs> I don't like that there's a there's a specific kind of darkness that I don't enjoy mm. um what exemplifies that oh like oh I've got a specific film in my head and now I can't remember the title that Tom Hiddleston one it was a British film by that director, but, oh God, what's his name? Oh, ben, what, ben, Wheat, ben Wheatley. Wheatley. Yeah. Oh, what was that film called again? The High, High Rise. Rise. Yeah. That's the kind of film that I just, I really hate. I haven't seen that. Anything, and also I'm not very good with, um, I'm not very good with like sexual violence. I mm. find it kind of, I, I find it a bit boring on the one hand. I think it's been overly done. Um, and, yeah. and also, uh, I think it, it has a tendency to be kind of glorified in a weird way. Like, why do we need to watch it like this? Like, women women have experienced this in reality. <laughs> Are you getting off by 
um, yeah. I don't know, living this to such an extent. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a certain darkness. There's a certain darkness that I don't enjoy, and there's also a certain kind of, uh, on the flip side, there's a certain comedy that I don't enjoy. <laughs> I really want to know, like, what? what? I, I want to say, like, really dumb comedy, but then that's silly, because I also really enjoy some very <laughs> dumb comedy. Like, I love slapstick. <laughs> I enjoy very silly jokes. Um, but yeah, I guess there are, like, extremes on the... Um, I want to say on the reality spectrum, like both ends of the reality spectrum like i don't need to see this graphic rape like it was real life and i also don't need to watch this comedy that is so shit it's obviously not <laughs> anything no one is like that too um, far removed from, yeah yeah too far removed so i think that that kind of stuff i don't enjoy <laughs> so those those are the things that, that i don't you, escape that to. you don't escape to. <laughs> what about things so the other Have you ever watched anything or seen anything where you've just felt like like it was really speaking to you? Like, like I've never seen this before. And this really is, you know, oh my god, that's me, or that's or how I see the world, or you know, anything like that. Um, God, like I want to say yes, but I think there are probably like too ma- too many moments. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think that's one. What's wonderful about films and stories in general is you connect, right? The whole point is to make you connect, and more often than not, if a film is good you do feel a connection and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a revelation about yourself that feels new and exciting and deep. Um, Frances Ha, when it came out, kind of really hit a chord. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I imagine probably a lot of actors would say that, filmmaker types. Um, but, but I think, yeah, just the was I self-destructive place that she gets to and then eventually like gets out of feels very relatable and and the and the and the kind of the journey towards accepting herself um and and really and starting to learn who she is and and know who she is and accept who she is and learn how to work with what she has I think that um that was something that I related to and also found very inspiring because I don't think at that point I had fully like mm. <laughs> accepted yet who, who who I was and what my my reality was slash is so yeah I think that that definitely felt powerful and hard-hitting um I don't know another film that I that that I think um that I that I kind of want to mention is it's not it's it wasn't so much a feeling it didn't create so much a feeling of connection well I guess it did is basically it's actually a documentary film um, mm. called Five Broken Cameras. I don't know if you've Not seen like it. That. Now I cannot remember the director's name, but it's uh, it's a Palestinian film um, made by this man, uh, literally, and and he it's basically the story of how he goes through five cameras and they get broken and smashed either by Israeli soldiers or by accident, or, and and it kind of charts a part of the conflict in Gaza and um, yeah I just thought in terms of this idea of of connecting people and sharing something and making something that feels so far away that we read about in the news all the time but feels very removed from us suddenly making it very accessible and very real and also very fundamental like it's just it's not about you know it becomes not about politics and uh, territory or anything it becomes about human beings mm-hmm. um, and I want to say like right to life <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's a there's a horrific moment in it where one of the one of the characters who you sort of you followed throughout the film um, who's this sort of gentle giant pacifist who kind of all the children love him and and at one point there's a, a confrontation between a group of Palestinian youths and some Israeli soldiers and, and he tries to get in the middle to break it up and is shot. And I will never forget this moment when I saw that film, this this moment in, in the cinema, and I say film, it's a documentary, 
I've never felt anything so strongly in my life from watching a moving image. When you think how much violence we see, we, we expose ourselves to via film and cinema on an almost a daily basis and we're so immune to it and it's uh, really not a big deal to suddenly see something that, and, and there's no, there was no, you know, it wasn't, it was not shot in a beautiful way. It wasn't perfectly lit or framed in any way, but, and I guess this is when it's, you know, this is when it's the fact that it was obviously real and you're watching in real life, someone being shot. I mean, it was just like mind blowing. And then, and I think that's what's amazing about film and stories and, and, and sharing them. I think it's so powerful and actually really important. That seemed to leave a real impression on you. Yeah, I did. I think it's, um, I think anyone who saw it would, would find it hard to not, mm. to not feel that. <laughs> You talked about um, Francis Ha. Yeah. Um, a journey about coming to accept and working with who you are. Yeah. Uh, do you think um, making work, writing or directing or you know making your own stuff, is knowing yourself and being comfortable with that and working with that important towards being able to do that well? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Is the short answer. Yeah, I think so, definitely. I think if you're um if you're someone who um just really wants to write an action film, there's no point trying to write a political drama, you know. Mm. I think knowing A where your interests lie, um, and also learning to kind of tap into your natural instincts and to follow your gut, I think is really important. I've definitely spent time trying to work on a project where I'm like, this is what this project is. This is how it has to be. And it just doesn't, it just, you know, it just doesn't move forward. It's impossible Mm. to make it happen because uh, you're not being true to yourself and you're also blocking yourself. So you're not allowing any kind of natural flow of ideas Mm. um, that will probably make it much more interesting um, you're not allowing that to happen, so yeah, I think it's really important. <laughs> That's nice, nicely wrapped up there. <laughs> Have you got like a dream project, like one of those things that if if, you could, if all the stars were lying around, without obviously being too prescriptive about the outcome? Yeah. <laughs> but is there anything that it can be a flop? I'll be fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it can't. It can't. <laughs> Failure. Failure. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, is, is there a big idea or a... No, I think, I mean... Or, yeah. or maybe it's not a project, but a way of being able to work or people you want to work oh, with. Yeah. Or, yeah. That, oh, that okay. definitely. Yeah? What's that? <laughs> oh, like? yeah, I would love to get to a stage where, you know, I could have a team readily, readily available who want to work with me, that I have an audience and an outlet. I think, I think, yeah... The, the, the dream is to get to a stage where you can make films that lots of people will see. Mm. And connected to the people you're working with and to the and people, people who... And people who are watching it. Yeah, nice. I'm interested in um, people who are in a position, like I have been in my life, because there was a time where I didn't, hadn't written anything or hadn't directed anything or hadn't done X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, and so for you. Yeah. Um, what a... Is it what advice would you give to someone who wanted to be working in either of the sort of two areas, well, many areas, but you know, filmmaking or acting? What mm. advice would you give to someone who wanted to be in that world but wasn't at all, you know, starting from scratch, so to speak? Um, I think I would say just give it a go. You know, whatever it is, whatever you want your area of interest might be, whether it's writing or filmmaking or acting, just like write something, film something on your phone, just start doing really. I think Mm. trial and error Mm. is the best thing. Take a class, just dive in basically. Mm. And be, and be, um, be open to, to criticism really. You have to decide if this is what you want to do, that you want to be good at it and that you will do whatever you need to do to get better at it and that might mean 
asking for painful feedback mm. <laughs> or or taking a, taking a class or you know real, real acknowledging that this is not a very good piece of work and but that the next one will be better because you've learned something along the way you know mm. I think it's yeah about being open to self-improvement in whatever means yeah that's good By whatever don't means. be afraid of well failure in, in, in maybe the bigger sense of you know it's all learning I suppose yeah yeah, yeah. and finish things Yes. Yes, and finish things. I think it's important to finish things. Yeah. Any any recommendations for things that you know, you're watching, listening to, seeing that's kind of that you're liking mm. at the moment? Mm. What am I? As it's May and the Cannes Film Festival has like just wrapped up. Yeah. I think uh, I think you know it comes on. It's been coming under a fair bit of heat recently. Uh, obviously. Um, due to the lack of, of female filmmakers present amongst its ranks and in competition. But, um, but, I, but I do think that it's pretty educational to see most things that will come out of Cannes. Um, not, on, not only, but they tend to also, they tend to be harder to find. They don't get so easily thrown in front of you. They're not in every cinema. Um, mm. The films that tend to do well at Cannes um, in the same way that, for example, BAFTA winners might or Oscar winners might will always get a get a cinema run. Um, you have to kind of hunt out the the Cannes Festival films, and actually, I think they're always really worthwhile, mm. um, even if you might not like them. I just recently watched Elle, which I've been gearing up to. I've wanted to watch that uh, for a long time, That's and I've just been putting it off. Well, yeah, no, I mean, <sighs> yes. <laughs> It's good. It's and? it's very very disturbing and not in the way you expect it to be. Right. I mean, I have some issues with it, but I still think it's worth watching. You know, that's the thing. It's yeah. it's like yeah, it's not it's not trash. You're gonna learn something. Okay. <laughs> and finally, if if are people are interested in seeing your work, like where, whereabouts, you know, um, can they find stuff that you've done or might be doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, all my stuff that you can see is on the website, um, heavyweight.co.uk. Wait, as in time passing, waiting, waiting for time to pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's um, it's portraits. I mean, it's going to emerge at some point. Portraits will emerge at some point. Um, updates will be on the website or on um, my personal Twitter or on our heavyweight Twitter. Okay. Um, we'll be, we will definitely be sharing any news that comes our way. Okay. Well, um, um, yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that's everything, Amani. Amazing. Thank you for such a brilliant chat. Oh, thanks for uh, asking me to chat with you. I've very much enjoyed it. Absolutely great. <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs>there with me and Amani there were some wonderful things that she shared that really spoke to me her thinking about reimagining the parameters of failure and success in terms of making something and then what it goes on to do in the world and and you can hear that I think Amani really values the people that she works with and that's important to how she wants to continue to make her work and there's a really really useful and practical thing as well about feedback and being in collaborations where feedback is possible and even sought and you know valued instead of feared and the very practical thing she suggested as well about people starting out in a creative practice is to seek feedback to be open to it to be curious about what that's telling you about your practice and how you might improve that seems very simple but when it comes to it, it can be very, very difficult to open yourself up to that. 
sometimes I think there might be a sense that feedback necessarily means something bad, but it's just information that you can choose to act on. And if you're serious about improving yourself in anything, then you'll look for that information so you can progress. And I really, really like that very, very salient piece of advice Amani received from her dad about uh, ensuring that you finish something, letting go of perfection and always getting to the end of it and then moving on. Those things together are fantastic touchstones for continuing to develop in your practice. Cool. Oh, and did you spot the Greta Gerwig reference? Yep, that's right. It was Francis Ha, which I enjoyed. Good film. I think my favourite is Mistress America, though. I did like that film. And I do like Greta. Should give her a call. I don't know what time it is in New York. Maybe she's up.